the story. Behind the story. This is Billy Hallowell on the Faithwire Podcast Network. How are you doing today, Ainsley? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, so, you know, I was really fascinated. The other night, I had a copy of your book, Through Your Eyes, and I had a chance to read it uh, to my daughter, to my five-year-old daughter, and and she was captivated by it. She absolutely loved the book. And I wanted to ask you, because everyone knows you, obviously, um, from Fox and & Friends, and, you know, has a good idea of who you are, and, and now you've done more than one children's book. And you know, I'm curious, what <laughs> what led you to want to write these books? Well... The first one, I I knew nothing about writing a book. And I just felt like when I was living in Texas, before I moved to Fox News, I worked for a local station in San Antonio. And I just was sitting in church one day and I just felt like I talked a little bit to my husband about wanting to write a children's book. Um, And my mom was a school teacher. My sister is a school teacher. My mom retired after 33 years. And I just thought, My heart is for children, and I grew up around that. My mom was an avid reader to us, and she also reads a lot. So I thought, this is so important, and I know that I want my children to be smart, and so I want to read to them from day one. And I would love to contribute to that and make other children just fall in love with books. And if I could could provide a book that's meaningful and loving, then that would be a contribution to to this world that I thought would be wonderful, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know the first thing about writing a book. And I, you know, long story short, I had a lot of ideas. And when I moved to New York, my husband encouraged me to just sit down and do it. And my mom had encouraged me to do it. So I just prayed about it. And um, I wrote a book about my dogs and I had a a big dog and a little dog. Well, big dog was four pounds. Little dog was two pounds. (laughs) And the two pounder was, um, just the four pounder just didn't even care if, if he existed and we'd <laughs> take walks and everyone thought he was a rat and would make fun of him. And so I wrote this children's book based on bullying and no matter what size you are, no matter how you look. And I could kind of relate to that. I matured later in life and um, all my girlfriends were, you know, just they were, they physically were different than me growing up. And I was just such a late bloomer. So I could totally relate to my little facts that was the dog's name. And so I, I thought I'll go on tour and I'll take Sax with me and I'll talk to kids in schools and it'll be great. So I wrote this book. Um, Sax has since passed away. That was a few years ago, but so I wrote the book about Sax, my dog Sax and presented it to the publishers and long, I mean, it was a long process. I got an agent and my agent um, pitched me to different publishers and I met with Anyway, so I'm sitting in the room with these with the publisher, Simon and Schuster, and a bunch of ladies around the table. And I pitched them the book and they said, You know, we have so many dog books and we like it, but tell us about you. So I told them that my mom was a school teacher and she left for school at seven in the morning and dad was in charge of breakfast for us. And I think we caught the bus at like seven thirty, seven forty, something like that. So the last thirty minutes dad was in charge of breakfast for us. So we would come downstairs and next to our cereal bowls were little notes with scriptures or poems or a saying every day he um, did that you know every day he not would do that every thing? day not every day necessarily but when um just i'd say two or three times a week and some i mean maybe it was every day I, it wasn't 
maybe it was every day one week, but not, you know, it wasn't consistently every day, but it was often, often. He still does it. And he's a coach and he still does that to his team members. And he was on the front page of our hometown newspaper with his team praying before the game. He's oh, just wow. a really great guy and he always tries to inspire. And so I was so blessed to be born into this little family in South Carolina. I mean, we're not anything special. We're a middle class family and dad worked really hard and mom did too. And he just left us these notes. And so it's so cool to see how those notes, they were incorporated into this children's book. So everyone sitting around that table said, we love this. We love, that's your story. That's your book. And isn't that so funny? Because it's it. such a small, you probably, while it was happening, didn't even, you know, it's like, oh, this is nice. My dad's doing this. But then years later, that little nugget of, you know, inspiration and scripture then comes back in this meeting, right? And becomes something much bigger so than what than what it was so at the time, maybe. That's amazing. So true. You know, and you know, as a parent, because you have two little ones, when you're a parent, you're just trying to skate through this life. And because <laughs> you, there's no time for anything, it's just like you can't even breathe. So to look back at this, it's like, oh my gosh, what's happened to my life over the last few years? I am so fortunate, but where did it go? Like, what, what is this? You know, what is time? Are, I feel like, you know, Carrie Underwood sings that song, Jesus Take the Wheel. I'm like, that is my life. Exactly. I am sitting the passenger side just enjoying this ride. And some <laughs> days are easier than others. But um, it's just such a blur. It's crazy that this all happened. And it ended up becoming, it was that, that book was called Take Heart, My Child. And the reason it was called Take Heart is because they asked me in that meeting, they said, do you ever get to talk about your faith on air? And I said, yeah, Fox lets me be myself. They've never told me I can't talk about it. And a lot of our viewers appreciate that. You know, there is a there is a part of this, of, of our country that loves that. So I just am myself, and I hope that our viewers like it. But I'm not preachy. I don't want to, you know, put my faith on anyone. I just want to be myself. Yeah. So, um, so then sitting in this meeting and, you know, they all believe different things. And I, I told them that I said, I'm not trying to be preachy. I just want to tell you that um, I, I did get to share on air the other night. I said, we were talking about the war and we were talking about this election and I was anchoring the five. I was filling in for Dana Perino on the five. And I said, there's a scripture that comes to mind in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I said, that just makes me feel so much better. And as a mom, I was pregnant at the time. I said, you know, I'm going to be a mom and, to me, that just means, don't worry, Ainsley, I have overcome all of this. I've got you. I'm holding you in the palm of my hand. And so that gives me peace. And I told them that, and they said, that's it. That's the name of your book. It's Take Heart. And then because I was pregnant, we added the My Child. So Take Heart, My Child. I love which that. Which I think is precious. Me too. I mean, as a parent, like we look at our kids and we just want to pick them up and say, I've got you. I mean, Hayden today, I'm listening to her, her monitors in my, in my room right now and I can hear her talking. She's supposed to be napping, but she started screaming, crying. And it's that, you know, as a parent, you know, the cries. Oh yeah. It was not a cry like, come get me. I don't want to nap. It was a painful cry. So I went in there and she was holding her head and she used to hit my head. I hit head on crib, hit head on crib. And so, um, just, it's just like the, it's the most wonderful experience just to be a parent and to watch my child grow up. And that led into the second book, which is called Through Your Eyes, My Child's Gift to Me, because she not only is a gift to me, we had a hard time conceiving and we just tried. We tried for, you know, they say if you try for a year, then you need to, mm -hmm. to go see a doctor. We tried for a little, um, not quite a year. And then we got pregnant and then we heard the heartbeat and went for the appointment. And then we went for the next appointment and we didn't hear the heartbeat and 
we had a miscarriage and that oh was a lot of women go through that we went it through that too really really yeah sad. we went through that yeah. too it's it's so hard it's such yeah. a hard experience it is it is i was i was i did pray that god would make my child healthy and the child wasn't we did the testing on the fetus afterwards and um the child was not viable so i i know that that child is in heaven i know that i will see that child again it was a little girl and we did you know, the testing just to make sure everything was okay going forward if we wanted to conceive again, which of course we did. So then three months after that, we conceived Hayden. So if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have my my little girl now. So I know that God answered my prayer. That child was not healthy. And I know that that child is healthy and perfect and pure and wonderful. And I will meet her one day. But um, with this book, I got, I just get the pleasure of watching my child grow up. What a gift seeing a human being see things for the first time. And I will tell you, if there's anyone that is listening to this, when I was in my 20s and my early 30s, I did not, I wasn't sure if I wanted to have children because I wasn't sure if I'd be a good mom. I thought I focused on my career. I am too scared. I don't have enough money in the bank. Um, I can barely pay my bills in New York. You know, I was sharing an apartment with someone because so expensive. I'm like, how am I going to do this? And then I got married and we had a dual income that helped. But it was, I just was not in a place where I wanted to have a child, where I felt like I could. I was so scared. And yeah. now that I'm a mom, I mean, it could, it brings tears to my eyes and you, you can relate to this. Now I tell everyone, if you, you just become a mom, if you can, if that's, it is so amazing. And God answers all your prayers and all those things that you worried about don't matter. I mean, you don't, your child doesn't have to have the fanciest toys. Hayden loves to open we we were laughing. We bought her these toys, and she wanted to she wanted to hold the tissue paper and rip that's the all they ever want to do. That's all that, my kids never want to play with the I toys. Know. We spend all the, at Christmas time. You spend all this money on toys, right? And you give them the toys, and they play with them for five minutes. And it's the wrapping paper and the other and the ribbons mm-hmm. and the, all the other stuff that they're playing with. And we laugh about that all mm-hmm. the time because it's just like mm-hmm. we should just bring recyclables in here for them to play with because I know, they will I know. They get more know. out they of don't that. Care. No, they don't. That's and true. <laughs> well, I saw you on Tucker Carlson, um, you know, talking about the book, and I thought it was so interesting. And having read the book, you know, just seeing your child experience things for the first time um, over and over again, and the things we take for granted because we've seen them all the time, like rain, and you know, just seeing some of mm-hmm. what you said. So I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, how would you say that your perspective um, on life more generally has changed? Um, and, and you spoke a little bit to this, but on a broader scale, after having a child. Oh, it's changed in so many ways. You just, you cut out all the stuff that doesn't matter. You know, you, you cut out the pettiness. Um, your circle of friends becomes a lot smaller because all you care about is being with, with your child. And usually when I get together with friends or my husband, and I get together with friends, it's with their children. Um, it's not to say that you don't want to hang out with people that don't have kids because I love everybody, but it's just all you want to do is be a parent. And you know that time is ticking. You know, you only have 18 years with those kids and you cherish it. And I waited so long to have a baby and went through, you know, the the problems to have a baby that all I want to do is be there for her for 18 years. My life is on hold so that I can be the mom to her. But it's my pleasure. And a lot of moms might hear that and say, oh, I don't want that. And or a lot of women might in their 20s or men might hear that. They want to, you know, do what they aren't ready for that responsibility. Once you hold your child hold that human being in the hospital for the first time, you don't care about any of yeah. that other stuff. God yeah. just blesses you in mighty ways. You're, you can agree to that. You, you agree to that. Oh, it's yeah, just, absolutely. When you become a parent, 
you become part of the club and it's such a, I'm so honored to be part of this club. Especially in a culture and, where um, people aren't having, you know, millennials are not having kids. I mean, they're not getting married, they're not right. having kids. And so it's, um, right. there's such a value right. there. And it's not that people right. who have kids are better than those who don't, but I think the lessons that you learn and what you experience, you know, it teaches you more about yourself too, which I think they, I need right. to be more patient. And there, you know, there's things that you learn, um, you know, and when we had our second kid, it was, it was kind of a big shock of, okay, now there's two lives that we're responsible for. It was hard enough with the one, now we have a second life. And so I admire people who, right. <laughs> I don't know how the Duggars do that? it. How was that? Was it, I mean, either. How um, was that? Were you terrified? Was it easier than you thought? It was a little, you know, I would say there were parts of it that were easier and there were parts of it that were harder. You know, there were elements of it that, you know, we like just morning drop off, which my wife is a teacher too, actually, and she leaves mm -hmm. very early in the morning. And so, you know, I do the drop off. So that's my thing before, you know, I start to work or I get up and I write mm -hmm. and then I kind of take a break, take the kids and then I keep working. But, but yeah, so like those things were a little harder just because you know how traffic is around New York. Mm -hmm. um, but then mm -hmm. there are other elements that were, what were easier too. So it's, it's been an experience. And they're three years apart. So, you know, you get there, there are certain things where you don't worry as much because you've been through it. So you're like, oh, that's not a big mm -hmm. deal. You know, <laughs> whereas right, the first right, time you're right, freaking right. out about everything. Okay. So um, but yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you because you sort of have a front seat to news, obviously, um, on Fox and mm -hmm. Friends and being at Fox and seeing all the things that are going on and how concerning and, and crazy the world has sort of gotten. Um, and you probably feel that even more as somebody reporting on a lot of these things. Um, you know, what concerns you the most kind of about where we are? Um, yeah, maybe even spiritually, but culturally um, as a country and world right now. You know, a part of me wants to list all these concerns, and then a part of me is always reminded that God has this, and countries have been through this before. I'm sure our country has been through this before. I didn't live in the 60s, but I've heard that, you know, that yeah, I know history, and I know what, what our country went through then. Um, I guess I just want Hayden to be—I want her to be raised in an environment where I want to protect her as long as I can. I want her to be pure and— um, just innocent. And I, I love, I have such a heart for middle schoolers because those little girls are going through so many changes oh, in yeah. their lives. And, you know, they are so precious and boys start to like them or don't like them at that time. And that's a hard, that's hard because you're just growing up. It's that transition period bet between being a little girl and being a woman and same with boys too. So I, I want to just protect her as long as I can. And I think in this society, like what scares me, what terrifies me is social media because I didn't grow up like that. So when I am disciplining my daughter, I know how my parents disciplined me. So that's easy. Uh, and but social media, like how do I, how do I discipline? Do I yeah. let her, when she gets to a point where she wants an iPad, do I let her just do it on the weekends? Do I even <laughs> let her have one at all? Do I, I don't know because we're the first generation to deal with this. Oh yeah. Didn't teach us how to handle that. So that terrifies me. Um, you know, politically, I feel like our country is so divided. And I do know that we've been through this before as a country and we've, we're resilient and we're strong. And I do have hope in, in the power of prayer and in, in God. But I just wish that I wish there weren't so much um, divisiveness and um, just racial tension and hatred. Oh, yeah. and It's horrible. Because I feel like it is. I mean, we're all God's children and we're all we all, we're, Maya Angelou said, we are much more alike than we are different. And I completely agree with that. We're all just trying to raise our kids 
and most of us, the majority of us are trying to raise them in church or trying to raise them in a faith-based environment. And we love our children. You can't have a child. I don't understand how you could have a child and not a know God and B not treat them beautifully and love them. I oh, mean, yeah. I, my, can you, I mean, now that you're a parent, you think these precious children that their parents give them up or their parents don't. My, my brother had twins and they were in the NICU for a long time. And some of the doctors said that my brother was interviewing them or talking to them. And he said, you know, these children and do you, how many twins do you get and how many in the NICU? And he said, you would not believe the number of parents that have kids and don't come and pick them up oh and they leave gosh. them in the NICU. My heart just breaks for them because these are, these are kids whose parents are either terrified or scared or they don't have the means but I just can't imagine doing that. There's so many, I'm so fortunate and I'm so blessed. And I have, I mean, I, I walk down the streets of New York and I see homeless people and I think, gosh, that could be me. And it really could God, be, right? Not, like, it's just circumstances. Right. Like, what, I think the same we, thing all yeah. the time. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah. Uh, what did we do? We didn't do anything to deserve the life love no, that we had. Not we at have, all. And, yeah. And so I... Yeah, I don't know. I just have such a heavy heart now, now that I'm a parent. You know, you just, you can't watch the news without crying. No, you know, and you know, you think, <laughs> you think, like for me, it's like, gosh, I, I'm so concerned about making sure that I have them on the on the right path. And, you know, we read VeggieTales in the morning, we read a devotion every morning yeah. before we go into school. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're rushing because mm-hmm. we're, <laughs> we're in the car reading it before I'm taking my right. five-year-old into kindergarten. And, right. you know, you just think like, am I giving the right lessons? Is Am I setting the right example? Mm-hmm. You know, because you can talk mm-hmm. all day long, but your actions are what really... What do you do? What do you, tell me what you recommend. You do VeggieTales in the morning. We've got a couple different a devotionals. Devotion? Mm-hmm. We've got a VeggieTales devotional. And some of the themes are a little bit... She's getting them more now <laughs> that she's, you know, five. But we we have another... We had a preschool one that we still use because there's some good lessons in it. Um, and I just read that, you know, every day. And then we have really... Like, we have kids' books and we read them to her. But I find she's way more engaged with individual books, like about Daniel, you know, just like those cute little kids' books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a lot of those. And we, and we read them to our two-year-old, too. And just, you know, and it's funny because Ava, my oldest, she starts to say things now like, oh, she'll finish the story. You know, well, Daniel and the lions... And she'll kind of, so it's Aww. interesting. It's it's sinking in and we have her in Sunday school, you know, for a long time with two, we weren't going to church every week. We were watching mm-hmm. church at home because, mm-hmm. you know, and still our mm-hmm. two-year-old doesn't like going to the classroom. So we switch off, but we make sure right. we always have our five-year-old in Sunday school every week because she likes it and it's good for her. So, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're counterbalancing a lot of chaos outside of, outside of that with just a little bit of time, right. but it, it's important. So you know, and I and I love books like yours because it helps refocus again not only the kids but the parents on what really matters. Right. right so, right. well, listen, I I really appreciate you taking the time today. I'll have to have you back because I'd love to talk more about all of this. I think there's so much that we we only scratched the surface here, but we'll make sure we link out to through your eyes and and forward people on to pick up copies. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And just remind your listeners that some of the money goes to Folds of Honor. We just presented them with a fifty thousand dollar check. Uh, oh, wow. Last week, that's because amazing. They they provide scholarships to our soldiers who don't come back from war. So their mamas and their daddies are killed in action fighting for all of us, and then they, there's no money left to send them to college because a lot of the, the parent that usually stays at home is not working. So um, anyway, so this is affording them college. So we, that check alone sent will send ten children to college. So it's um it's exciting, and that's money that people. Our, all of your whoever buys the book is contributing to that so I'm really grateful we will make sure we mention but, that as well and, and I appreciate you. you coming on today you're welcome thanks for having me God bless you and your audience and your broadcast and your family thank you